I appreciate y'all tuning in, man. It's another episode of Bliss is Ignorant Podcast, man. Thank y'all for tuning in. Um, like we do about this time, man, I'm always able to bring somebody on through the uh, advent and the uh, discovery of Zoom. And I am blessed to have, man, a brother that I met some years back. Um, and this dude uh, is impressive in his own right. Um, and I don't even think that his goal is to be as influ influential as he is, but he is anyway. So we're going to get into all of that. But I got to give a shout out to my man, B-Dot, who is on the podcast with me today, man. What's good? Nothing much, man. Just cooling, you know, just enjoying the weekend. You know, ex ex excited for Father's Day tomorrow. You know, Father's Day weekend, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so um, do you have anything special planned for Father's Day? I really don't, man. Like, I, um, I'm so indecisive when it comes to stuff like that, man. Like, my wife has been on my head because every time she asks me what do I want as gifts or what do I want to eat, it's different every single time. So I really <laughs> have no clue. I know that the kids have made me something, so I'm super overjoyed for that, right? Right, no. right. <laughs> but, um, you know, man, like, honestly, man, just it's been a, it's been a, um, a long time since, and not to just give too much, but that my family can just all be together. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, so for me to be able to be with all of them, like that is a super dope Father's Day to me. It's not really as much about the gifts. Although, just like anybody, I love gifts. Love okay? gifts, right, right. Not, that's not the important part, man. Just being able to be with them on tomorrow, um, yeah. it's going to be super dope. I'm excited about that, for real. So you got you got, you got, got the gambit, man. You got, uh, you got the, um, the little boy and the little girl. Got um, the boy first, too. Had the boy first, then the girl. And it really sucks. I, I wasn't that lucky, man. Like, <laughs> it's not luck, dog. It's not luck because once you do that, your woman knows that she doesn't have to give you any more. Like my wife cut it off. She said we're not having no more kids. She she told me we could have a dog, but now she's against the dog. So I guess we just done. Reproduction is done at the dog house, dog. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, man. I, I've I've been able to watch, um, you know, through the process of social media to be able to see the, 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 the growth of your children. Um, but I told you, I remember telling you, uh, I think when you made the announcement on social media, it was good girl. And I think I put in your comments, dude, that changed the game. Like that's going to change the game. Like you don't even understand how different it is with daughters and how intelligent they are. Um, and they kind of make you look at your son like, dude, are you like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Yeah, I grew up with that because, you know, I'm a twin. I had a twin sister growing up. And, you know, just our mindset and our maturity level was just so different. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I can always get her to go down to my dumb level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get in trouble all together with us. Like, yo, let's do this. She like, that's dumb as hell. Like, yo, let's do yeah. it. Anyway. Like, all right, let's roll out. You know what I mean? So yeah, you can get her to dumb down, but you reaching up to her level was a little I, bit different. Yeah, I wasn't yeah, yeah. I wasn't knowing that level. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I mean, why sure. would we do something that intelligent? That's dumb. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, Absolutely. So that's good, man. I, pre I like, I, you know, my daughters are 12 now. And um, mm. I think this- Wait, you got twin daughters? Twin girls. So you're a twin, and then you have twin daughters. So that joint, genetically, that joint be happening like that for real. For for not for the guy though. For the for it's all on the woman's side because the guy it was luck for me. Uh, okay. But for a guy, all we do is produce the sperm. We don't produce the fact that the eggs split or or can be okay. twins or nothing. It's just okay. dumb luck. Uh, but I feel like on a spiritual level, um, that whole situation happened to me for a reason because uh, I lost my twin sister in 2002. Oh, wow. I felt like that half of me was gone. I was never the same person after that happened. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I then got married. Uh, and then we, we ended up getting pregnant and they said it was twins. And I knew immediately I said, it's going to be a boy and a girl. I said, there it is. Yeah. And they said, nah, it's two girls. And I said, damn. And I was so <laughs> upset. <laughs> and uh, when we came up with the names for my daughters, I came up with the names of my daughters. I said, the second one has to be named after my sister. Mm. And my and my wife at the time was like, um, why? And I said, because I feel like I, I need to do that to, to honor her. And mm -hmm. I said, and I'm not going to give her her full name. I just want to give her her first name. I mm -hmm. said, but it's going to give me a constant reminder of her as I see it. And then she says, well, what about the first one that's born? What is, what is she about when she asked why is she why was she named after your sister? Because mm. I, I could always tell her you were born first and I was born first, and we both have twin sisters named Julianne at our baby. Mm. Mm. And she was like, That's deep. She was like, That's way deeper than where I could go. So yeah, that's cool. Like that. So Yeah, no, that was our body right there. Right. What, was, what was the name? Uh Jada was my first daughter's name, and Julianne is uh my, my second daughter's name. And when she was born, bro, she looked just like my twin sister. Crazy. And it's crazy that we named them in that order because she came out looking just like my sister. So I was that's like, oh, that's scary. You know what yeah. I mean? See, it don't always work that, like that, though, Bliss Man. Like, because I, you know, with my daughter, I too said I want to give her a name that's special to me to sort of honor that person in my life. You know what I'm saying? And I yeah. gave my daughter my, my grandmother's name as her middle name. And right. it was such a great idea then, but now. When she grows up and she has to tell people that her middle name is Manette, it's not. It just don't have the same. Yeah, it just. It's not a common name, bro. <laughs> no, so you gotta be. You gotta be in tune with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, I, it was such a great idea. I thought I was gonna be. Her nickname was gonna be Minnie. Like I was gonna have her. Her middle name Manette, and I was gonna right. call her Minnie. And I, none of that happened. None of that. <laughs> yeah, none it'll of that never. Happened. It'll never work out the way you want it to, man. Like. No. I, my um, kids, man, my kids is on some old, like, I'd be like, yo, y'all get on my nerve. But then, you know, at the same time, it's funny, man, because that excitement is still in their eyes anytime daddy pull up. You know absolutely. I mean? so, absolutely. Uh, Co-parenting has worked out as a blessing for me because, uh, you know, me and my ex-wife still get along. So it's not a situation where, um, not sexual-wise, we ain't fucking, but like, just <laughs> like, <laughs> like on a situation where we, we get together well for our children. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. That's all. No, that's smart. So that's now, smart. now you you originally from uh, Missouri, right? Yeah, yeah. I was born in St. Louis, Missouri, but um, I moved this way like around the age of eight, nine. Mm -hmm. So like North Carolina is really all I know. But I, I do have family that's still out there, and you know I call that home as far as where I was born. But my wife, she's from Kansas City. She's from Kansas City, Kansas. So <laughs> whenever I try to say that I'm from Missouri, she's like, you ain't from no Missouri. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I never go out and say, I'm from St. Louis, because I would get lost in St. Louis. I have to use GPS in St. Louis. Right, North right. Carolina is all that I really know. Always been. Okay, so so how did you, okay, so I know you from, and let's go back to where, where I first met you. So where I first met you was at the uh, uh, Freestyle Funny Comedy Show. Uh, I was friends with Burpee. I yep. met Burpee in Charlotte. He said, yo, give my man Dot. That'll be able to get you on the show that we do up in Greensboro. And he's yep. like, kind of like a wild and out type joint variety show. We do a lot of different things. And I hit you up. He was like, yeah, man, come on up with Burpee. And I, I got up there. And I met you in the back. We was in the back getting the show together. He's like, yeah, I get you about seven minutes. 
I was like, seven minutes? I think I drove all the way up here. I was like, seven minutes? He was like, yeah, man, it's a lot of people on the show. And you know, we don't know how it's going to run. But if you get if the, if the first seven is good, we'll give you some more time. And I'm going, man, I'm about to kill this thing. Right? It's, like, it's so funny. And I remember I said, dude, I've never seen, like, the, the crowd y'all had was crazy. And it was like on like a, I don't even know what night it was, but it was like on a weekend. It was like a Sunday, I think. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. I said, yo, these dudes done built this thing up. And it was so crazy because it was in the beginning phases. Yeah. Which y'all was doing. Yeah. Now the culmination of that, and 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 how I look at it is this. And, and for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about when I say FFCS, I'm talking about a variety show that was based off their following of people from college that they would bring in from A&T, Winston-Salem State, from that Greensboro area, from the radio, everybody, they would bring these people in and they would do a variety show of skits, they would do games, they would do comedy, they would do songs, they would do anything you can think of to entertain these people for two hours. And the great thing about it was it spun off to a Wu-Tang Clan type thing. That's how I look at it. And I look That's at you with like the RZA. So it was like, <laughs> you had Chico Bean. Yeah. You had Drink. Yeah. You had Big Baby. Yeah. You had Burpee. And you had yeah. yourself. Yeah. And y'all formed together like Voltron and branched out and did the damn thing. That was the goal, man. Like from the beginning, like one name that doesn't get mentioned a lot in that conversation that was just as integral as all the names you did mention was the producer of that show, Alton. Um, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. Like, yeah. like, because that's where it started. Like, at first, it was my people at the time, Chuck, Charles, right. telling right, me right. that they wanted me to do stand-up. And I didn't feel comfortable doing stand-up. So I wanted to do, but I had a name because I was on radio. So the guy at the Comedy Zone said he'll give me a day um, out of the month to do a show. Right. So I wanted to do a day where I would never have to conflict with anyone. Like I didn't want to do a Friday because you never know. Somebody might come in big name and get the weekend and knock you out. The only day that you can get this like that was Sunday. Right. So I was like Sunday. So I knew that Bean was already doing open mic nights at the Comedy Zone. Right. And I knew him from Winston-Salem State. But just seeing him on stage like Bean, I just knew. I was like, yo, this dude is a genius. Like I have to work with him. So it was. Um, but before that, it was just me, Burpee, and Brand. Right. And three of us were B3. And we laugh about this all the time. That was our group name, B3. And we, just, <laughs> and we thought we was going to be up out of here. Right. So um, from that, though, I knew I wanted to work with Bean. So we sort of added Bean to the mix. One of my homegirls, Africa from um, A&T, she's in Charlotte. She was like, my cousin does, you know, he's a funny dude. And I think he'll be great with y'all. Can y'all get him some stage time? I was like, what's his name? She was like, his name is Damar, but. Uh, he go by drinking. So I was like, all right, bet. Like, let me, like, he can come up and we can just have some fun. So from that perspective, that was us. And me and 50 put together the parameters of the parameters of this show. It right. started out um, with the name Sunday Shenanigans. Right. That was the original name. But after we started moving a little bit and started seeing that we had a little bit of a product, we knew that we were going to want to take it on the road at some point and it might not be on a Sunday. So we didn't want to use that. So that's how we, we always wanted to be able to freestyle the funny. That was yeah. our whole thing. We want to be able to freestyle the funny. We don't want it to be a show where you're coming and you're going to see four comics do 20-minute, 30-minute stand-up sets. That's not what we want. Right. So when, when, when we will bring comics, like, this like when they would come, they would think they're doing a 20-minute set or a 30-minute set. And right. Nah, we're going to give you seven to 10 minutes, bro. Seven minutes if, you, if you're if you not killing, 10 minutes if you got them going crazy. 
right. they really didn't understand that up front. But then when you see how it fit in me coming up and then Bean coming up and doing 10 minutes, then we're playing a game and then Drake is coming doing 10 minutes and we're playing a the game, then we'll bring you up and then we'll bring, go to an intermission, come back with a game, then I'll do a set, another game, Big Baby close it out. Like it was just a fine tuned machine, and it was dope. It was so dope, and I and, and see, I didn't understand it either because I'm thinking I'm coming up, just, and I thought the same thing. I'm like seven, like yo, I mean, you, I can do at least fifteen, and they're like, nah, ain't nobody doing fifteen, and I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah. So you got to realize, so I'm coming from I'm coming from a a structured comedy background, so I know how a show's supposed to roll. And but y'all was like, this ain't the same thing. This is this is freestyle funny. Our ignorance in that whole situation, because again, the only one that was talented in that regard, as far as knowing the ins and outs of stand up, was Bean. Right. The rest of us just wanted to get on stage and be funny and have just fun. Wild out, right? Yeah. So we, our ignorance of that, you know, what I'm saying like ignorance is bliss. Our right. Ignorance made us successful in that regard because we had no parameters. We could do right. whatever. We, you come up, like you said, we remake some songs. We doing voiceovers to ca to cartoons and giving them totally different premises and 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 and, uh, and angles. Like it was really some, and it came from the mind of we wanted to blend in, um, uh, in living color. Yeah. Mixed with um, uh, whose line is it anyway? Whose line is anyway? Yeah. That was that was our thought process. Like and, and also comic view. We wanted right. to incorporate those three. Like you could have a comic come up, he's gonna do some stand up, but you can also gonna we're gonna play some games where you can come up, be in the games. We're gonna do stuff where you just sit back and we'll entertain you with things we come up with. And it was super successful, man. The freestyle funny comedy show was super successful. And the goal for it was for us to get on TV and for us to do exactly what you said, to become um those independent, um, great um, artists. Right. But I, I felt like I felt like um and then like things happen really fast too. Um, I remember being being able to get on Wild and Out, and I was like, "Wow!" I said, like, "Yo, that's dope." Because I remember me being in the game. I think I was in the game like five, six years before I met y'all, and mm -hmm. I was like, "It only take one person to get on. It, it only mm -hmm. take one person to get on, and when that person get on, you do have an opportunity. It's a small one to bring people forward, but right. they got to be ready for that light. They got to be ready. If they ain't ready, it's gonna hit them too hard." And I felt like man, these dudes going in so many different directions, but they can always come back and form if yeah. they need to. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the structure is always there to come back and form. So yeah. I just look back, and I look back at, at things that happened and how things have evolved for you guys. And you always had the radio. And that's interesting to me because for you to come from the radio and then actually go on stage, because it wasn't like a situation where you wanted to be a stand-up, but you had the chops to be able to do it. And I thought yep. that was dope. I thought that was dope because I saw you. I can't remember what was on, but you did a TV appearance. Um, I think it was somewhere, somewhere in Miami, maybe. Yeah, comedy after dark. Walter Latham. Walter That's what Latham. it was. Um, yes, I remember. My, my, my memory ain't that bad, but I do. I said, "Look at Dot, yo!" And I'm sitting right. there like, "Yo!" And I was so proud because I was like, "Yo, this brother." then worked this thing out and got himself on TV. You know what I'm saying? And it was dope because yeah. I felt like, you know, you just never know. It's just the hard work that you put in. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that was a, that was a big deal. You, you know, I'm sure you've had these moments, Bliss, where you do something and you know that this is the one that's going to catapult you to success. This is the one. You know that moment? The yeah. Walter Latham comedy after dark was my moment. Boy. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, right. man, like, 
Walter Latham, you know who, I mean, everybody in the comedy knows who that is, you know, the uh, uh, Kings of Comedy. Right. Yeah, absolutely, the Queens of Comedy, all of that. Right. And he was saying he was doing this new thing, Comedy After Dark in Miami, and he came up on the show to do an interview. And I told him I did comedy, and he was like, all right, like, I'm gonna fly you down. He flew me down, put me in a room. Like, I'm talking about celebrity status, dude. That's right. when I was, uh, I met I met Toure, and I was a big, big, big fan of Toure. And I remember Toure fussing at me, because I was telling him, like, man, I'm a big fan. He's like, Nigga, you down here with me, nigga. You a colleague. You ain't right. no man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and I'm like, man, fuck that, bro. Like, I'm a colleague, but I'm a fan. Like, I love what you do, and I still love Ray, man. Like, he's still hilarious, man. But that's, that's funny, man, because, like, uh, I think a, a story I have with Ray is because um, I'm originally from South Jersey. Like, I'm right near Philly. Like, that's oh, wow. Where I'm from. So, I didn't start comedy until I moved to Charlotte. Okay. So, I was going back up home. Me and my cousin was driving up, and I, I hit up the, con- uh, the, the laugh house. I'm like, yo, I'm a North Carolina man. I want to be able to come up and do some time, you know, da, 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 da. And they're like, man, are you funny? I'm like, yeah, man, I've been doing comedy for like four years. I gave them names to call comedians or whatever. Tom yeah. X, you know, Nick Lewis, all these people in Charlotte. Yeah. So I get off the road. We get up to the laugh house. We go and stand in line. We stop nowhere, nothing. We stand in line, wait for everybody to get in. We get in, we talk to the dude like, yo, can I get on stage? They're like, we don't know yet. We got to wait for the second half of the show. I'm like, this is some bullshit, right? <laughs> So they gave me they gave me my they gave me my seven minutes and I was happy because this was a dream of mine because I was like yeah. yo I'm gonna get to perform on the stage that I used to come to shows and watch yeah so I get on stage and I'm doing my set and Toure walks in and um, I got off stage and he's like yo where you from I was like, <laughs> I, was like I'm I was like I'm from here but I live in North Carolina he's like yo you funny that's all he said he's like yo you funny and that joint like stuck with me you know what I'm saying I'm yeah. like this dude talking about it's funny. Fast forward some years later, I would just happen to be coming through Philly again, and I knew he had the thing at Warm Daddy's. So I hit him up on social media like, yo, man, you don't know me. You met me some years back. I did a, a spot over the Laugh House. I'm going to be going through, uh, coming through Philly, going to do a show up in New York. Can I get some time on that Wednesday night? And he was like, <clears throat> I saw him read the message, but I saw him get back to me the next day. And I know what he did. Like, he went on Instagram and seen like this, this, this nigga working. Like, so he's like, yeah. hit me back, he like, yo, he's like, you good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then like, I got, I got, I got through. And um, when I got to the show, he put me towards the end of the show. Cause he could tell this dude been putting work in. I see how many stages he's been hitting and it's always been respect. So anytime I'm through Philly, if I hit him up, he ain't let me get that stage time. That's dope. No, he was, he's always a stand up dude. Like, like him, Alex Thomas, I met down there that yes. weekend, man. Like, yeah. I just met some 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 guys who, you know, when you in this field, you and our age group, you look up to those guys, you respect those guys, you know. What Absolutely. Like, so that was super dope, man. And to be able to represent for North Carolina like I did, that was my first time actually being on the road, like somewhere else where nobody knows me. You know what I'm saying? Like right. I always had the comfort of being with some FFCS stuff. So even if I'm not having, a, if I might not be having a strong night, I know Bean, Brand, and Drank are. You know what I'm saying? Like so, right. this was me standing alone. Walter Latham don't know me from nothing really. I'm just representing from Greensboro, and uh, I did well though, man. I met Tone X down there. That was my first time meeting Tone X. And wow, that's dope. that North Carolina thing. And yeah, he was actually on a live the other day, and I was just commenting in the live because I saw him on there, and he was like, he ref- he referenced the Walter Latham. He was like, that was my first time meeting that was down there. And after my set, I put the Tar Heel hat on the on the mic stand, and he just always remembered that, and he just loved the way I represented North Carolina. So you know, that's been on ever since. Like. It's dope, though, man. Comedy yeah. is a brotherhood, dog. Like, it's it super, is. Super dope. It People is. don't understand how big it is and how small it is at the same time. Exactly. Um, but, you know, you got to respect the people that do it the way you do it. But, I mean, I, I understand everything. You just went about it in a different route. 
And, yeah. and like, to, for you to say, like, to go down to Miami and nobody knows you, right? So yeah. that's just the normal thing for, for most comedians, but you had already built your own audience. Yeah. So what I compare that to is, like, an internet comedian. Like, an internet comedian can build his audience on his own before ever hitting the stage. Correct. And when they go out on stage, their audience has come to see them. Yeah. So they don't have to have a strong set because their audience is there to support them. But yeah. if you believe your audience or your fan base, can you still hold your own? Yeah. And that's the right. question. And you question yourself, but your peers will always let you know where you stand. Absolutely. You can go out Absolutely. there and be like, yo, I killed it. And your peers will be like, dude, that was trash. <laughs> I'm always I'm always oblivious to that though. Like I haven't had now, and this is no no uh arrogance talking about I haven't right. had many shows where I didn't feel like I did well, right? But I have had those shows where I was like, my energy my transition just wasn't working, they just wasn't I couldn't really get them to I've had those nights. But I'm confused when I see other comics having those type nights. And they get off stage and say exactly what you said. Like, I mean, I just killed it. Or you'll go to their social media and they, I just shut down the comedy zone. I'm like, how delusional are you? You like, did. Like, yeah, you, you did. But, you know, it's funny because it's almost like fake it till you make it to type thing too. Because I see people post pictures and go, yo, God bless for another sold out show. And I go, yeah, but you in the green room. Like, yeah. you're the audience, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? But I don't have a problem. Like, I'll show an audience. I'll be like, it's 10 people in here, y'all. But they about to get it as, as if it's three fifty in here. But Absolutely. the thing about it is, is they'll realize that you know I get more Bliss fans from a small show than I do from the big show. I bet you know because like people will be like, man, this dude is funny, and I go, yo, next time just bring five people with you. Exactly. You dude, I, talk, I, I talk about I talk about Kevin Hart all the time because my wife and I, I remember when we were dating in our early in our early time, we went to a comedy show at a it was just a, a warehouse, right? in Greensboro. And the artists that were on the show, the comedians that were on the show was Toure. That was my first time seeing him. He right. opened. Kevin Hart went next. And Michael Blackson closed. He headlined the show. That's an all Philly show. All Philly. So you know they was on that, that was them doing their little thing. You feel me? Yeah. And I'm sorry, it had to be maybe 36 people in the audience. Them dudes performed like it was Madison Square Garden. Yes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and, 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 and when I see Kevin now, I t me and my wife, we just laugh, like, because he gives that same energy regardless. It's like you said, and that's what separates the real from the fake. That's what separates the people that's doing this because they have a passion and enjoy doing this. They're, or they're orators, they're storytellers. You see what I'm saying? Like everybody doesn't have that skill set. And some people do it just because they like being on stage with the microphone. They like, they like to be in front power. of people. Right. Absolutely. But right. Them dudes performing, I mean, that was one of the best shows that I've ever been to. And I'm telling you, I didn't know any of them. I knew Michael Blackson because of Friday. Right. But I didn't know Kevin. I didn't know Ture. I didn't know any of them. But I went and I bought Ture's uh, merch. He had a CD, a DVD. I went and bought his merch. And I still got that. I was cleaning out. Matter of fact, when I was moving up here, I was just cleaning up some stuff. And yeah. I saw that. And I don't even, who got a DVD player? Nobody. Nobody. Like, I'm, I'm keeping this, dog. I'm keeping this because I remember that. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. That's dope, man. So, so, yeah. so when you, you, you went to school in um, North Carolina, how'd you end up at uh, Winston-Salem State? Um, because it was a last ditch option. For real, for real. Like I, I graduated, and, but then I didn't go immediately to college. I was still at the crib. Right. And like three years after high school is when my mom was like, listen, 
you got to get out of my house. Like you have to either go to college or you have to get a job and get your own place, but you have to get out of my house. And she was saying that because the guy she had married at the time, he was saying that. And wow. I remember getting so angry, like, no, this nigga not even my pop. You know what I'm saying? Baby like, boy. Was, you know, yeah, it was that's my vibe. You know what I'm saying? Like, not realizing that he was really making me a man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, because yeah. as a mother, she would have let me stay there as long as, you know what I'm saying? Like, ever, really. And so I didn't, I didn't want to work and have to pay for bills and all that. I was like, I'm going to go to college because they'll pay for my food and housing for four years. So right. I didn't want to go to A&T because I'm from Greensboro. I wanted right. to get away, but I knew I wanted to go somewhere where I could actually get in because my GPA wasn't the absolute best coming out of high school. Right. So I applied for Winston-Salem State. They said I, I could go, but I would have to take out all types of grants and all that kind of stuff. I said, fine. Well, all types of student loans and all types right. of I said, fine, let me get these student loans money. And I went to Winston-Salem State, man, and it was the best decision ever, dog. Like, I Dude, swear to God. I, I swear, swear the same way about Johnson C. Smith, man. Like, I, I feel bet. like I feel like me going to HBCU crafted me. Like, I needed that at that time of my life. Like, that was, like, the best thing that I could possibly do. And I went to a school where I didn't know nobody. Yeah. Yes. Coming yes. from Germany. Yeah. And what's crazy is you would have thought that Greensboro and Winston was the distance of Charlotte and Jersey. Like, people in Greensboro just don't go to Winston. They just right. don't. Like, when I went to Winston-Salem State, like, my freshman year, my homies would never come visit. Right. I ain't coming down no Winston-Salem, hell no. And I got tired of coming to Greensboro <laughs> to kick it with them. So it forced me to find friends on campus and kick it with people on campus. Right. And I'm telling you, man, like, just like you said, like, that's exactly what I needed transforming into a young adult. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, I needed that black energy. I needed to be able to look around and see people like me all with goals and, and all with drive and, 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 and really find myself and realize my skill set that I don't know if I would have been able to find at a PWI. And I definitely wouldn't have been able to find if I wouldn't have went to college. Isn't it amazing how your transition happens from freshman to sophomore to junior to senior year? Like, as a freshman, your excitement level was just, you just, you in it. You all about the women. You about the wilding out, acting stupid, immaturity. Everything is there as a freshman, right? But yeah. then when you get to your sophomore year, you start noticing juniors and seniors. Yes. And how they carry themselves. Yes. And why they wearing suits on Wednesdays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And how they wear the braces like that with the suspenders, man. Where they get them from. Yeah. And why they... Pants always pleated like that. Like they, they take this stuff to the cleaners or they iron it. Like <laughs> Absolutely. Like, like you like you peeping everything, right? Yeah. Keeping their shoes clean and how their closet is done. Like you learn you learning all this stuff and you like, yo, I need to change up how I'm doing things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then it's like it's it's a gradual process. Yeah. Girl, a the women to check you. Like why you ain't why you not wearing this or why you why your belt ain't matching your shoes you know stuff like, 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 like what was weird for mine was when I got there as a freshman I was already older right so I'd already garnered a lot of respect and the idea that I could go to the ABC store and I had a car and just all right. types of things like that right so I automatically attracted a certain audience right then freshman to sophomore year I got kicked out of school. Mm -hmm. um, I got out because, of course, I wasn't doing great uh, schoolwork. So I was academically ineligible. I remember having to write back uh, to get um, accepted back into college. Uh -huh. So when you talk about that transition, that's very real because once I got back in, I was like, all right, yo, like they actually let me back. 
Right. Yo, I'm I'm gonna try not to fuck this up now. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. Like you I was got giving two, a got two hands, shots, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like let me see what I can do with this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and I was seeing successful people, and I was seeing I was I was able to you know build my audience, and that's where I just learned. Like that was that was honestly how I got the audience. Like at college, like being able to host everything on campus, which in turn transitioned to me being the PA announcer for the football and basketball games. As a student, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that happened in college. That happened in college, college dog. Like, so how, how did that transition to the radio? It, it, it really didn't because Chancellor um, Harold Martin, who's the chancellor at AT now, he was the chancellor at Winston Salem State. Right. And I just used to host a bunch of events. And I remember he came to an event I hosted. And I, I didn't curse, I wasn't vulgar. And he was just impressed with how the students responded to me. And he knew that the football games were just a bit dry. And he wanted to bring some energy in that regard. So from that perspective, he asked me, would I be interested? And I was like, yeah, I would love to. So I, the next season, the first game, I'm up there in the press box and, and, I'm, and I'm just bringing my energy and the crowd is lit and crunk. And I, I messed up a lot. And I, there were some things that I did that like I would never acknowledge the other teams. Like, like, <laughs> like they, they would score a touchdown and I'd be like, touchdown, number six. Ain't all. <laughs> Make sure you go to the concession stand. We got great Cheetos there. But let us score a touchdown. It's touchdown! <laughs> so, you know, they, they did a write-up about me in the paper and talking about, you know, I was unprofessional and not saying the other team's names and da-da-da-da. And they brought me in and they told me, you know, we don't want to discourage you. We love your energy, but there's just some things on the technical side that you have to get right so that they can't write articles like this. Right. Once I damn did the homework to really take that serious, like whatever I decide to get involved in, I'm going to make sure I do the homework on it so I can be educated because I don't like to be embarrassed and look stupid. So I, did, right. I made sure I did my due diligence and homework and the rest of the season got progressively exponentially better. So they asked me that I want to do basketball. And I was like, absolutely. And I was doing that two years before I even got to radio. Damn, bro. Right. So you was doing that as a student? As a student. I would be in the press box doing the games and then on Monday going to class. I would be now, at, in class and then go in the gym to do the foot basketball games. I just seen some wild stuff in school, right? Because I didn't like we didn't have unofficial mascots at our basketball games. Like we have our yeah. mascot, but we have a dude that used to wild out so much that he was a mascot too. He would get yeah, kicked yeah. Out every game. I'd be like, yo, I you like it? Like we had them dudes. I remember I hosted a homecoming concert and we had Patra, ex-girlfriend, and Nas. And Nas didn't show up, and I had to go out and tell him Nas was here. And I was like, why y'all making me do that? Like, yeah, ben was there too. I remember that. I was like, this ain't gonna work, yo. <laughs> been there, done that. That's the worst. Yeah, all the all the cats from New York standing there with their Tim's on. I'm like, yo, y'all. Now nah, I ain't here, y'all. It's like, yo. I was like, but come to the stage, Pasha. They was like, boo. I was like, oh. Uh, I remember hosting a comedy night and they booed Chris Tucker off stage in at John C. Smith. Really? Yeah, this was before like Friday. Wow. Who them all? They're like, man, get out of here, man. Like, yeah. And then Friday That's came out. Crazy. Friday came out uh the next semester. Yeah. Now look, <laughs> at, crazy. look at you, look at you. Now look at you. That's the nigga we booed. That's the dude we booed off stage. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, like it's it's crazy how that stuff happened. But so so I mean, the thing about it was, I mean, I, I feel like you probably would have never saw yourself in radio. No. I never had any dreams of doing radio, honestly. That's what I was about to say. Like, it was my senior year 
again, I'm doing the football games, basketball games. I'm already King Kong in that regard. Like, everybody knows me on campus. But I need to graduate. In order to graduate, I have to do an internship somewhere. And I've waited to the last semester. I got to do 30 freaking credit hours of damn um, hours. Well, my, my senior year, I waited my last year. So one of my friends hit me up. He was like, yo, 102 Jams is going to be on campus today. You should go over there and talk to somebody. Yo, I think you could do good in radio. I was like, I'm just go because I got to damn uh, do an internship. And my homegirl, Tamika Dean, God bless her. Tamika Dean was already doing an internship there. So she had hit me up and was like, yo, come over here and talk to this dude, Carlos. So I went and talked to Carlos King, and I was telling him I, I need to do an internship, and I would be great and just really selling myself to him. And he was like, all right, come up um, next week, and we'll see if we can get you on. And I, and I, I was started just as an intern. Like, that was it. And then we went to a group. I'll never forget it was a, um, the opening intern meeting. And it was like 19 of us in there. Damn. Like, Some of y'all uh, won't make it a week. Some of you might not make it a month. Um, but, you know, we're going to, you know, everybody, you're going to fade out and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just sitting there listening. I'm looking around the room. And when I got there, like, I just enjoyed being in the building. You know what I'm saying? Like, and again, I grew up in Greensboro. So that's like you getting a, well, no, not, you're not from Charlotte, but that's right. like, get, Getting an internship at 102 Jams yeah. once I got in the building was a huge deal that I didn't even realize was a huge deal. Right. Like, I didn't realize how much pride I took in 102 Jams until I came back. Because I had been in Winston for, like, six, seven years. Like, that was all I knew. So, when I came back, I was like, damn, like, and, and I, I would not leave the building. Like, I would come up and do my intern hours, and I just would not leave the building. And, like, um, I remember my PD, who's now my boss, my program director, he pulled me in one time. He was like, uh... Yeah, you're the guy that people telling me about B dot. You hosted things over at the school and da 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 da. And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, it was a pleasure to meet you. You know, and I was like, man, that's what's up. Like, they know me up here. I, I didn't even realize it. And people would bring me in. Wally Coyote, he had the night show, and he would bring me in sometimes. He's like, yeah, yo, yo, get on the mic real quick. I'm like, all right. Then we'd just do a break or something. And I was like, damn, that that's it. Like, just talking to you is all I gotta do to be on the radio. He's like, that's it. Like, man, that shit easy. That is crazy. Like, I, I, I would kill this. You know, I'm still not thinking that anything of it. And then um, I remember being in plazas. I, uh, I'm sorry. Hold on. My fault. You. My fault. My fault. No, I got you. Um, I remember being um, in Plaza South one time where I stayed at. And I was at my bro crib. And I got a phone call from Africa on the morning show. And she said, would you be interested in being our morning show intern? And I was like, um, <clears throat> what all does that entail? She's like, well, you'll need to be here by 530 in the morning. I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so most time, I'm in college, Bliss. Most time, I didn't go to sleep until 5, 530. You feel me? We're talking yeah, senior, right. senior year of college. Like, nah, right. man. Like, right. and, and that's why I always tell people, man, always have somebody smarter than you that you trust. And that person for me was Carlos King, the guy who actually brought me in as an intern. And I went to him because at that same time, Waleed was telling me that he wanted me to do nights with him just be on his show as a jock. So I went to him and I was like, yo, Af want me to do morning radio, be an intern with them. But Waleed telling me he'll let me get on the microphone at night. He was like, listen, bro, Waleed shows so much stuff happens on that show that you'll be on for five, six months and you might not be on again. People go their entire careers trying to get on morning radio. If you got a chance to be an intern on morning radio, do it. But like, bro, they want me to be up at 5.30 in the morning. He was like, bro, I'm like, all right, I'll think about it. Now, I'm not going to guarantee, but I'll think about it. So I took him up on it. I went to do the morning show intern. I'm talking about, like, they had me getting coffee, going to do breakfast runs, getting stuff out there. And I'm sitting here like, 
I am B dot. No, right. I am dude. Like they love me at Winston Salem State. How dare you have me going in the back to get coffee, right? But I still enjoyed their I enjoyed their energy and I enjoyed having fun with them. And one day Kyle asked me that I want to do was could I do prank phone calls? And I was like, prank phone calls? Like I had never done a prank phone call. So he was like, well, let's try to knock out some. So we went in there and knocked out like four or five prank phone calls. And they were funny. He was like, we're gonna play these back next week. And I was like, all right. So now I have my whole audience in Winston-Salem who loves me. Now I'm being introduced to this Greensboro audience just off straight prank phone calls. And they're loving me. Who is this B-Dot? Who is this B-Dot? So that moved to me becoming on the show, to me becoming part-time on the show. Mind y'all still ain't graduated. Right. Part-time on the show. Me eventually becoming full-time on the show. Then Then transition 10 years to me getting my own morning show. And now I'm six years in my own morning show, Three Law Crew. And you're exactly right, though. I never in a million years. Growing up, if you'd have asked me, do you see yourself on radio? I would have told you adamantly, hell no. Right. Somebody asked me if they would imagine me seeing me on stage. I'd be like, nah, doing comedy? Right. Hell no. Like, I would have right. never thought. You know what I mean? Never would have thought it in a million years. But for some reason, everybody that knew me from my youth was like, I could see, I could have seen that when you was young. Right. You know what I mean? But I would be, I would, I would never see it. But um, Three Live Crew is definitely one of the top shows uh, in the country. But you guys, like with all the syndication that goes on and things like that, I would definitely say that Greensboro is probably one of the most loyal areas when it comes to their morning show or their local radio. I don't think I can come through Greensboro and not see a 102 Jams bumper sticker. No. And it's crazy because people don't be putting just no bumper stickers on their car. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you see, you're like, yo, these must be ride and die for their radio station. And it's crazy because I don't go through Greensboro without switching my station. I got satellite radio, but when I get through there, I be like, boop, let me, let me change, let me listen to what's going on. And I think I was driving through one day, and um, it was you, it was Drank, and y'all was on and y'all was doing some game. Y'all was, somebody there was trying to cheat you about something. I was laughing. And I think I was stuck in traffic jam. It was a bad accident. Um, right. Y'all was talking about that, too, at the same time. It was like real bad accident. A tanker had turned over or whatever. It was a fire on the highway. And I'm texting right. you. I'm like, yo, they cheating you, Dot. And you're like, man, yeah. they, ain't they cheating me, Bliss? I was like, yeah. I remember I was that. Like, <laughs> it, was, it, was on, it was birthday trivia, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy, but it's like it's like it's like one of those things, and that's another thing I, I think I, I don't want to talk to you about is um your involvement, like you you on social media, dude. I mean, Twitter is your ground. Like you are on Twitter, and you learn how to, I guess, navigate it. Like you actually know how to navigate. You actually the person that got me on Twitter. Really? Remember when I came and did your show? That's when I introduce your audience. I introduce your audience to that's that bullshit. That that that's my slogan. Yeah. And it was such a big groundswell of people asking about that. You were like, "Uh, you are you on Twitter?" And I was like, and it was that night. You was like, "You on Twitter?" I was like, "Nah." You was like, "Man, get on Twitter. Get on Twitter. Get on Twitter." So I got on Twitter. And he was like, "Yo, here's the dude's Twitter." The next day, and it was like all these people like following me and I'm like what the fuck is Twitter you know what I'm saying I didn't know what was going on and I still had to figure it out but I was like you the reason I actually had to get on Twitter wow. but I wow. still I still haven't really figured it out but you've you have that thing down to a science like you know exactly how to get interaction you know exactly how to get people engaged and you get things that go viral just because like y'all when you did the let me let me explain it to people when you did the <laughs> When you did the Bojangles, the Bojangles shit, dude, I lost my mind. 
All right, so I'm, I'm going to set it up for the people that's on the podcast. This fool was trying to do secret menu shit because apparently somebody told him about the In-N-Out menu, and In-N-Out has a secret menu that nobody knows about, and you can go to the menu, and you can say some things at the window, and say animal style, and they'll make the burger with the mustard sauce and all that shit, and they won't have it on the menu, but it's a secret menu. Yeah. Right? And yeah. you found out that people can get a bowberry biscuit with sausage, <laughs> and you said, yeah. I've been living in North Carolina. He was like, I have never known. He said, I'm going to see if this shit happened. And you made a video <laughs> asking for one, and then when they gave it to you, the look on your face was, you was like, dang, what? And then, <laughs> it was like, I was at the drive through and she said, all right, you want the, the cream on the inside or the outside? I'm like, Nick, <laughs> they really do this. Yo. <laughs> and I think what happened, was it Bojangles that tweeted you or something and told, like somebody said something about Bojangles, like, yo, y'all need to cut it out. Like, we can't serve these because the line yeah. was long. Like, everybody was trying to get one. <laughs> Dude, because we talked about it. The video, of course, it did its numbers on social media, but – People were actually going to the restaurant, to, to the Bojangles and saying, yo, I heard B-Dot talking about uh, da-da-da-da. Like, and so many, so they start saying in, in, within Bojangles, who is B-Dot and why is he telling people to make us to make these sandwiches? So they found me on Twitter and they sent me a tweet like, listen, that is not an item with like, and so I retweet, because it was like a, um, it was like a, it wasn't the franchise, it wasn't the, the overall Bojangles, it was like a, like a, the uh, Bessemer location. Right. That Bojangles hit me. So I hit their corporate office and their corporate office responded like, it's up to the individual store if they want to make the sandwich or if they want to make the biscuit, et cetera, et cetera. But honestly, that was my, that was something big, excuse me, for me, because that was me saying, damn, man, these corporations really do be watching you. Yes. If you can get enough traction with their name mentioned in something, they have people that are now, they, they have to employ that has their name pulled up on different social media sites to see who's talking about them and what they're saying, yeah. And listen, so, and like I said, there's certain videos that you've done over the years that just basically, I'm like, that's my favorite video. Um, I'm sleep though, I still say that was one of the funniest. I wish that thing was still going. I loved I'm sleep though. And I'm like, you stopped doing it because I guess the numbers wasn't. But I was like, dude, this is fucking funny. Like, I was like. <laughs> no, I didn't stop doing it because of the numbers. Honestly, Bliss, I don't do. I mean, now I watch the numbers. And of course, I'm excited when I get big numbers. And sometimes I'm a bit discouraged when I have low numbers. But I really don't do things for the numbers. I do right. things a lot because it's the product that I think is entertaining. Just right. like you. You feel me? But like, not, but again. You know, like, I got a video on YouTube right now that's got, like, 98 views. I think it's one of the funniest videos ever. It's got 98 views. So, that's, you know, I'm like, but what can you do? Like, you just nothing. have to stay consistent with it. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, nothing the right. sleep, though, process was difficult because that was a project with me and 50. Yeah. Um, like, he was helping me write that. He was filming it. He was doing the majority of the editing on it. And our schedule sort of where we couldn't do it as much as we wanted to. But was, that is one of the ones. That was, that, that was pleasant. I'm sleep, though, and uh, 32 Good Minutes, the joint that I used to do with Bean. Those are two projects <laughs> that I really wish I had more. Right, I mean, I mean, I look at Bean, I look at Brand, I look at all the stuff they do on social media. I'm like, these dudes is funny. Like, I still look back at it and go, these dudes come up with the, the stuff that I was doing in the car. Man, I was yeah, like, ooh, yeah, stop, y'all, yeah. y'all wilding out. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And I'm like, if, I'm just trying to introduce 
my audience, as small as it might be or as big as it might be, to y'all to be like, y'all go find these brothers, man, because these dudes are putting content out that y'all don't know. But see, they're going to try to tell us who to follow. And then we yeah. so quick to follow what everybody else is following, yeah. like y'all missing the boat on some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you and when you and Drank went to the um, the McDonald's drive-through and got the Big Mac with the quarter pound of patties on it, <laughs> but, but, Drank but, still gets that. <laughs> Drank is a glutton. Do you hear me? But they but they but they wouldn't give you the apple pie a la mode. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all gonna draw a line in how much death y'all want to serve me today. <laughs> y'all gonna give me two quarter pounders on a Big Mac bun, but you won't fucking put an ice cream on a apple pie. I was like, if, if you had to weigh the ignorant of the two, the most ignorant, the, the Big Mac was the most ignorant. I was like, that's ignorant. Like you asking for ice cream on top of your apple pie. That's not that big of a deal. You can that's put not. it in a little plastic container. You know what I'm saying? I said, you can actually mash that into a McCafe cup and just mix it around it like here. I was like, yes, but. I'm laughing at how much thought you put into this at this point. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm like, you can do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Fact. But I was laughing because, uh, and then like you had put, and uh, you, you laughing, like I say, I'm just giving you an example of somebody you might not think is looking at your content is looking at your content. Because I'm like, damn, yeah. this shit is funny. Um, okay. You put everybody on the peak game with the, um, with the with the with the Chick Fil A lemonade with the strawberry uh, uh, Bro, strawberry syrup. Chick Fil A <laughs> really got mad at me for that. And listen, all of these are under. If you go on, uh, you can search a hashtag getting fat with B dot or hashtag M A F A Make America Fat Again. Make yeah. America Fat Again. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the whole movement. I got to do some more of those because folks definitely been damn telling me that when you gonna drop another map or video. But the, the, those are the two that kicked it off. The Bowberry Biscuit right. and the Chick-fil-A, not knowing that you could daggone make a strawberry lemonade. You just go tell them, give me a lemonade. And then, but you got to act like you're surprised. You got to be like, can I get a lemonade? Oh, the strawberry puree. Can you put some strawberry puree in there? I'll pay extra. And they'll be like, can we do? Okay, yeah, we'll do that for you. <laughs> well, yeah, they ain't going to tell you no at Chick-fil-A. You know what I'm never, saying? Never, never. That, 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 that thing is funny, man. I mean, I, it made me think back. I was telling my boy, um, we used to go, like, we'd go to the store. We'd be making a store run. Like, yo, we about to go grab some hoagies real quick. What y'all want? And my man was like, I ain't got no money. But like, all right, if you don't have no money, the rule is if you ain't got no money, you roll with us. Like, you got to yeah. go. Yeah. But one of my boys was like, nah, man, y'all go ahead and go, man. Just get me whatever. We was like, all right. All right, definitely gonna get you whatever. We got to do the hoagie. We got to do the hoagie with no meat, like no meat whatsoever, like anything else. No meat, just no meat. We, we got extra oil and vinegar, anything. Like, like that, that thing was stacked up like it was packed, cut, cutting everything, wrapped up. That dude got me like, man, there ain't no meat in here. We's like, dang, yo, they forgot your meat. You ain't have enough we, money for meat, bro. Wilding. Go to McDonald's, get that dude a happy meal as a grown man. Like, yo. That dude be like, man, what's this? Like, dude, you got a toy. Stop complaining. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we was like. <laughs> <laughs> you got a toy. Stop complaining. Yeah. Like, if you, like, listen, if you ain't, if you ain't got no money, you definitely rolling. Matter of fact, you carry the bags, bro, because you didn't. I'm about to say, like, you lucky they ain't making you drive, bro. Right. You ain't got no money. That was, part of, that was part of the rule. You know what I'm saying? But we used to Absolutely. do that, that kind of stuff all the time. I think um, another thing that basically culturally that I feel like was a big deal for me to see from you was when Beyonce came out with her, her rendition of uh, Before I Let Go and the beginning of the song. Golly. 
how did it feel to know that your voice, yeah. that your, your clip of something you did was put on a, a record to be able to go out worldwide? I, I was completely shocked because I had seen the homecoming on Netflix. Right. Right. But once it got to the credits, just like anybody else that's not a Beyonce fan, or not, not Beyonce fan, but a Beyonce stan, right. you cut it off. You cut it off right. at the credits. So I never heard the before I let go on the credits. So people start hitting me up on Snap and Instagram one day, just like, hey, yo, Dot, I think this is your voice on this Beyonce album. And I'm like, right. oh, okay. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> All right. Yeah, like, I would know if I'm on a Beyonce record, guys. So somebody sent me a clip. And when I listened to the clip, and I heard the, what do you say? Yeah. I was like, yo, that it? No way. I'm tripping. They, they sent me the next, they, they sent me the clip. No, no. Because what happened was they kept sending it to me. So I put it on Twitter, like you say. like Twitter, Again, it's different um, conversations or different language for different social media platforms. Right. Twitter is where you go to talk to people. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So like, if you need an answer to something immediately, you put it on Twitter. So like, I went to Twitter and I was like, yo, Everybody keeps saying they think it's my voice on this Netflix. Where is, does she perform before I let go? So everybody was like, it's at the end during the credits. So I'm, in, I'm at the crib, and I turn on Netflix. I go to Homecoming. I go to the end, and I'm watching, and I hear myself. And I'm like, no fucking way. And I remember going and downloading the album right then in that exact moment and fast-forwarding to, to, to the Homecoming before I let go, hitting play, and hearing my voice again. And I was like, yo. Yeah. I am on a freaking Beyonce record, dog. Right, right. Like, and at that time, that was the biggest, that homecoming Netflix special was the biggest, biggest thing, thing going. in yeah. the world. Yeah. And that song, like, everybody was like, yo, this going to be, we're going to be playing this at all the homecomings and all the damn, uh, during the summertime and all the cookouts. And I'm just like, and the first person I called was my wife, like, babe, you're not going to believe it. And she listened. and and But I, I couldn't remember where it came from. I, I had no clue, but I knew it was my voice, but I couldn't. So I, I just sat on it for a while, and then somebody sent me the clip, the actual clip that they got it from. And I was like, at that point, I was like, some of y'all are crazy. For y'all to damn be able to even find something that I can't even find. And lo and behold, on a YouTube channel that I had made six, seven, eight, nine years ago, it was yeah. dormant as hell. The video had 300 views on it. Yeah. And it was me. I had returned to Winston-Salem State to host something. Right. And while I was there hosting, it was just a good vibe. So I'm in there filming from this position. And he dropped before I let go. And I say, what'd he say? Yeah. I, go, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I went back and found the video. And I'm like, that's exactly where Take Keep got it from, yo. And I was yeah. like, I, I was just, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom. I couldn't really put it into words the feeling of being on, that's like if this was the 90s and I found myself on a Michael Jackson record. You know what I'm saying? Like right, being right. on a Beyonce record, like that's the epitome of music. So like, and then I got a phone conversation from, um, cause Chris Paul heard it and he was like, yo man, is this you? Da, da, da. I'm like, yeah, he's like, that is crazy. He's like, I'm gonna try to get on, um, get on a three-way call with Jay-Z. Da, 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 da. I'm like, bet. So I get on a three-way call with Jay-Z and Beyonce and CP and, they just telling me how they appreciate it and all this kind of stuff. And it, it was it was a real a real dope feeling to know that I was on a Beyonce record. I would and that's that. dope that they, they do a three-way just like that. And then the whole connection with, with CB3 and, and yeah, things yeah. like that. 
And like, you know, like it's it's crazy because you just never know. I remember uh, TLC's Behind the Music came out. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm looking at it one day, we chilling, and they pan out and do a picture of TLC standing there with pebbles. <laughs> and right there next to pebbles, like, the TLC is me. I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm going, and I remember, I remember that night because we won tickets to go to the park elevator in Charlotte. TLC had just came out. They came on campus at John C. Smith. We went up there. We got them to sign the stuff or whatever. They had the whole baggy jeans. They was like, oh, y'all supposed to be like the female BB. You know, we, we wilding out with them. We're like, them chicks is fine as hell. They from Atlanta. You know, we wilding out. They yeah. like, Yo, you want tickets to go see them tonight at the album release party? Be like, all right, cool. We go to the party. I'm in that joint. And I'm going to tell you why I knew it was me because we was I was wearing a green. Remember those, those long trench uh, thin jackets with the with the drawstring in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had yeah. one of them on, and I'm sitting yeah. there like this, and I'm chilling. I'm going, is that? And then as soon as I said it, my phone started ringing. Somebody was like, "Yo, I just seen you on VH1." I was like, "Oh, <laughs> that was." I was like, "I was like," <laughs> and it's like Bro. one of those moments where you just go, "Man, what the hell am I doing in that picture?" You know what I mean? But yeah. I, I just remember that night. I remember dancing with Chili and T Bobs. I remember. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and that joke, do a little joke yeah. like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So those, nah, I mean, that's dope. That's a, that's a dope moment, man. It's just like, dude, it's going to be on the end of time. Like, you know, people be like, yo, that's me. That's my, that's, that's my voice. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I, I remember when I, when I, when I take my album, um, I had a guy that that uh, guy here in Charlotte that I said, y'all, I want you to do my intro. Like, I want you to introduce me to the crowd um, and say, what's going on, Charlotte? Y'all put your hands together for comedian Jay Bliss. He's like, dude, why me? And I was like, because. I was like, you know, I've been knowing you for a while. You know, I like the way your voice sounds. Like, we, that's what we're going to do. And he just was honored just to be a part of it. He don't know how big it's going to be, how small it's going to be, but he was honored that I asked him to introduce him me on stage to, to, to do the thing. And Absolutely. the same thing with like a, a female friend of mine. I said, I need you to do this voiceover, um, like the Roots album on, on their on their um, their Rising Down album. I need you to say, you know, back uh, once upon a time in 2016. And she was like, Why? That's all you want me to say? I was like, Yeah, just send me a recording. You saying that? And then like two months later, I was like, Yo, you want the album? She's like, What? Like that's like, That's like, Yeah. Of course, yeah. she like start wilding out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That played it for yeah. her son. Her son was like, That ain't you. She's like, It is me. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> That'd be the thing, man. I would. I just wish that at the beginning of it, I could say, "This is B dot." Right. What he say? <laughs> <laughs> but it was. Nah, dope. I mean, it was dope, and it's funny because um, when they show when you showed the video, I was like, "Okay, that is B dot." Because when I heard it, I was like, "I ain't think nothing of it." And then, like when I saw the conversation going on on Twitter, I'm like, "Yo, is, is that him for real?" But that was like, "Yo, that's dope, man." That yeah, is. Yeah, no, that was dope. that was that was some that was some portfolio building, um, referencing greatness. That was dope. Yeah. So, so uh, what about comedy? Like, do you still like, like vibe to do comedy? Do you still do comedy or is it just more or less like, nah, I don't really want to do it no more. Or is it like, what is it for you? No, I'm definitely going to be back on stage. Absolutely. Okay. Like, like, you know, everybody had to sit down due to this whole pandemic, but um, no, nah, I'm constantly writing that. I'm, you know, like, again, I just try to figure out different ways to, cause I don't view myself as a stand up comic. You know what I'm saying? Like, I do have a skill set where I can do stand-up comedy, but I'm just an entertaining guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I just try to put out as much entertaining content as I can. Like, right now, and again, like, my stuff, the, the content that I usually put out is so, 
attention grabbing because it's usually how I'm feeling in the moment, right? Like right now, I've been on this quest to like every day to drop a 60 second fact about something that happened in black history that you probably didn't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and there's those, they're not necessarily funny, but I'm not always trying to be funny because they're at least they're informative and they're entertaining. Right. So from those perspectives, if it, it, it can be entertaining without being funny. Right. And like, I'm very good at that. So, you know, like I've been doing those a lot. I've, um, I, I, my, my, I see a lot of personality in my children. So I'm really branding. I connect the dots page on, on YouTube, you know, like, of course I still have the, um, the blessings of three live crew. So I get the every single day, Monday through Friday, I get to put my comedic and entertainment talents on display. So I'm constantly exhausting uh, my skill set and just trying to figure out different avenues to generate um, income that will Absolutely. set up generational wealth and Absolutely. but still um, stay true to my, my, my morals and ethics. I, I feel like, um, I feel like you got, I think you get it more than most. Like, I feel like if you were to blow up tomorrow where our, where your numbers would be insane. Like you had the numbers of a uh, just hilarious or numbers of a, uh, you know, a, a, a country Wayne or something like that. Right. I feel like you've done this enough where you understand that, you don't necessarily have the chops to be standing up there for 45 minutes every night, but you would be, you would be cool enough to be like, let me get my bag and let me bring two, three other people to do 20 minutes. That's and how I'm we'll always money. We, how well, always I already, already know. I already know. Cause you've already done it. But my whole thing is, is I've always explained that to people that when your success comes in an element that you're not comfortable in, but you can see, you can get money in it. You get people that make you better at it, and then you grab that bag. Like when I see a, a DC Young Fly, and DC learn how to do comedy from being funny on the internet, and I've seen him grow, and yeah. I see the same thing with Bean. Like I seen Bean, like yeah. I seen Bean do a set, and then I seen him two years later, and seen him do a set, and I go, damn! Like you can see the growth, because yeah. being on stage, you know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. I, I get that. And I, like I said, I always respected it because, like I said, sometimes the bag the bag is more when you put on a better show rather than just going out there and getting on stage. Right. You know what I mean? Because people are like, yo, I'm, I was entertained. Let me go back again. Because you yeah. don't want nobody to come to see you one time and go, I ain't going back to that again. That was trash. You know what right. I mean? That's, that's the bad thing. You don't never want people to feel that way. Like when I see the Rodney Perrys or I see the talents or I see – the, the, the people that have been doing this thing for 30 plus years, the two rays or something like that. Um, it's because they have consistency. Yes. And when I yes. say consistency, I don't mean the same jokes. No, I mean, no, 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 no. Level, consistent level of humor. And it's consistent every time they come, you know, Fact. no yeah. question. No question. It was a struggle for me last night. It was the first time I was back on stage. Um, Where were you at? In Greenville, South Carolina. At the comedy zone down there? At the comedy zone. Lady got Lodi got thrown out of the, the, the club last night because she tried to hit me with an all lives matter. I was like, you do not want to have this conversation with me right now. You understand what I'm saying? Damn, so really? It, it was ugly, man. I got so many apology text messages a day. I'm like, I don't need no apology. I was like, that lady was just, she was drunk, number one. And number two, yeah. she was just going somewhere that I wasn't going. So yeah. I was like, you know, it was cool. But I was lost on stage, bro. Like, they had a great time. But in my mind, I was like, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I said, no, I've been there, bro. I've been there like, like, 
they're laughing, but you're like, you while while you're telling a joke, you're sitting trying to think about what's the next joke you're gonna roll with. Like people, I was like, I was like, did I even tell that right? Like I was sitting there, (laughs) I was like, did I? I like, I don't even think I did a setup. Like I was like, yo, how did I even get here? And what's the joke after this? Like I just didn't, I didn't have a, and I got to do two more tonight. So maybe tonight I'll get Mm. my rhythm back. But once I got off stage, I realized. Man, I was supposed to do this joke. I was supposed to do that joke. I forgot about this joke. You know, like yeah. there's new material that I've been working on or that I was working on before the pandemic because my album came out and I stopped doing all of that material. That's so, what sucks. That's yeah. what sucks. Yeah. So, um, but it's it's a good growth mechanism. I mean, it really is. It challenges you to go within your your yourself and say, where is it? Like, where is that funny? Like, because I can use material as a crutch. Yeah. And go, yo, I'm going out here and kill tonight. Yeah. And yeah, it's an arrogance that you have to have in order to go out there and kill material you know works. Yeah. But to use that material that you don't know if it worked yeah. and get that thing to pop off like that, it's a yeah. blessing. No, it's no question. Yeah. No question. So, um, real quick, um, I'm gonna try to get this in with you real quick. Um I like to I like the 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 interview series. Um Inside the Actors Guild studio with James Lipton. Yeah. He used to do that series of questions at the end. And I've kind of remixed a little bit. So I'm going to hit you with some of these questions and you just tell me what you feel off these questions. All right. Let's do it. Uh, what's your favorite word? <laughs> uh, <laughs> my favorite word? Yeah. Uh, gosh. Probably whatever. Whatever. And that's that's simple. Like I said, if you, and a a funny thing to do is get your kids to imitate you one day and you'll realize what your favorite word is. What's crazy when you said that, I was saying, I was like, I wonder what the kids would say my favorite word is. That is crazy as hell. No, I'm going to ask you. Right. Because my kids said my favorite word is dope. And I didn't know I said it that much. I was like, I say it that much. It's like dope and John. Hold on. Wait one second. All right. Hey, I got a question. What's my favorite word? What's the word? What's the word I say all the time? Do you know? Is it facts? What? Y'all hard with this. <laughs> my wife said. My wife says facts. The kids say they don't know. <laughs> the wife said she think it's facts. The kids say my son is sitting there talking to myself. I can think of it, but I just don't know what it is anymore. <laughs> That's funny. Like I <clears throat> excuse me. I did this uh, exercise with my daughters a few years ago where I asked them like uh 10 unprompted questions and I videoed it. And dude, I got the most reality that I ever got in my life from my children. Like I was like mind blown. And but the last one one of the last questions was, What do you tell your friends about your dad? And they was like cool dude. I was like, I said, I don't need to know no more questions. Like, I'm done. <laughs> like, like, I did my job. <laughs> like, I did no, my job, what? yo. What's crazy is I'm sitting here trying to figure out what I'm going to do for um, our Connect the Dots video tomorrow. And I wanted to do something around Father's Day. And I think I'm going to steal that idea. So, I, if I can find a video on my Facebook, I will see you the link. I will see you the link and I will go, hey, look at this I'm going to find it and I'm going to show it to you. When you look at 
their answers, bro. When they, I yeah. asked my kid, I asked my kids who my best friend was. They was like us. I was like, <laughs> like y'all even know I'm my friend. Like it was crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like they was like y'all arrogant. Like and it was like crazy because they were like, does daddy, does daddy have a crush on anybody? And they start busting out laughing. They was like, no. They was like, you used to have a crush on mommy, but not anymore. I was like, <laughs> nah. I'm gonna think of ten questions. To add, well, eleven because eleven is my favorite number. I'm gonna ask them eleven questions. Please send me that video. I will. I I'm, I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna send it to you. So the yeah. next, the next question, next question yeah. is, um, what's your least favorite word? Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Especially if it's I not sincere. That. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that. I hate. I hate apologies. Period. I always yeah. say like apologies don't do nothing but serve the person that's giving the apology. The person that's getting apologized to, they still dealing with that shit. So like, Man. just people that I hate. I, I'm sorry. Because people think that once they say, I'm sorry, that means all is forgiven. Now we can move on as usual. But that's right. not what it means at all. You just satisfied yourself by saying, I'm sorry. I'm still right. here. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, I, I think we've had a discussion with my children about apologizing and, and how big of it is to apologize. But you know when somebody's sincere about their apology. Because yes. if they can admit to you what they did wrong. Yeah. And then they can also empathize or tell you how it must have made you feel. I was like, okay, they mean this. They mean yeah. this. They not just saying sorry. They, they saying, look, let me apologize for my behavior. And you're like, all right, that's different than sorry. You know what I mean? So, absolutely. yeah, that's, that's a no, different deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can apologize, but don't be sorry. Don't yeah, don't be it. sorry. There you go. Yeah. All right, so you know my, my uh, key phrase is uh, TTBS. That's that bullshit. means that yeah. everything, anything and everything, absolutely no control over your life at all. Uh, what's that's that bullshit to you? Um... The, honestly, you just touched on it a little bit, just in the climate that we're in right now in the country. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, for people to want to scream out, all lives matter, and really try to defend that, that's that bullshit. Like, yeah. for people to them still want to pay homage to a Confederate flag that is a second place flag. That's that bullshit. For people, they know what they they know what they're doing, and they know what it means. They know what it means. Right. It's, it's when they, when I hear somebody say "All Lives Matter," I hear them saying, "Let me introduce myself. My name is Petty Rubble, and my name is Petty Murphy." I'm like, "You being petty right now because you know yeah. exactly what you're trying to you're trying to drive a narrative, and you're trying to touch a nerve, and you are, and you Absolutely. know it is. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's that bullshit. Right. So that's the opposite of that. Is what is the shit to you? Um the unity that I'm seeing from black folk right now. That's that shit. Yeah. Like for real. Like 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 Juneteenth celebrations yesterday. Like when I was just looking at people's stores, man, and just seeing people out on the streets, honking the horn, wearing the flag. That's that shit right there. Like yeah. I'm just I'm 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 really optimistic and, and confident that this is gonna be a a movement versus a moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because yeah, when yeah. you're out there, it's it's a lot of young folk that's upset. But it's a lot of young folk that's really understanding. I was talking to one of my um, partners the other, the other day. Matter of fact, yesterday at the Juneteenth rally, he was saying the problem is when they invited all that, all them drugs and stuff into our communities in the 80s. Yeah. Those babies, them crack babies, are adults now. Yeah. And those are the ones that's out here mad as hell and on the government's ass. Yeah. So, the stuff that y'all put in our communities to try to kill us, you you made you created monsters. Right. Because you took a lot of the moms out of the household to go prostitute for crack. You took a lot of the dads out of the household and gave them football numbers of prison time for dealing with crack and dealing with drugs and all types of issues of that nature. So a lot of these people grew up being raised by the music. 
But you're yeah. raised by the Nuck If You Buck and the Tupacs and all that, and they bought that smoke. Yeah, and absolutely. that's why you're seeing shit getting burnt down and statues getting flipped over, and 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 you're seeing it on a different level now. Right. And and you, but you, government, you created these monsters. So now right. you got to live with them. Right. All right. So last two questions. What's up? If nobody knew you, and you had to introduce yourself to these people or the world, what's your intro music? Either. Either the Stone Cold intro music. <laughs> Yo, you know what's funny about that? I was going to use that last night to get on stage, bro. I really bro. was. <laughs> and what's crazy, I'm, I'm going restless both ways. Is if you going to get that music or you going to get the rock. If you say <laughs> what be dot. Now listen, <laughs> if, 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 if I had to pick one time and moment in wrestling, that attitude era, there was nothing like it. It was nothing. best era in wrestling by far, and I never missed the episode, ever. Yes, Bro, ever, dude, ever. Like, when it was that battle of when Hulk Hogan went over to the NWA and then uh, yes. formed yes. the NWO, and you got yes. that versus The Rock and Stone Cold over here, man, listen, that was the best era of wrestling. Best I mean, era. I came up with Hulk Hogan slamming Andre the Giant and Roddy Roddy Piper and Me all too. of that. Superfly Snugger, everybody. Yeah, but but. But to see that, and even Degeneration X was entertaining. Like, yes. you know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, all ladies, Degeneration <laughs> yeah. X proudly represents Tag Team Champions of the World. The new dog, Jesse Jane, the badass Billy Gill, the new page Outlaws. Like, listen, I was yeah, like, dog. that is dope, man. Like, yeah. it was like, it was like one of those yeah. things, like, and it was like, it. It was just, it was so entertainment. And I remember this girl I was dating at the time, I was like, yo, you so immature for watching. I'm like, yo, you don't think this shit is funny? Like, and she's like, no, like, this is hilarious. You know what I mean? No, I love it, dog. I and love it's like, it. like, you know, you would, you would just wait for to hear that glass break. You'd be like, oh, like. Bro, that's it. Because shit is about to pop off when I come out. You feel me? Like, like that's my energy, man. My energy is that stone cold. Like, it's in your face. Like, we're going to have a good time. You're going to be, like, I'm going to say something to make you say, what the fuck did he say? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's, I'm, I'm outside the norm. Like, my favorite wrestler was The Rock. Yeah. I'm a huge Rock fan. Right. But the energy and the and the arrogance and the not give a fuckness of stone cold. The, yeah. If you can have I, both I, of those together, oh, that was dope. Yeah, both of them together, that was dope. Um, and then, and then I guess the opposite question of that is, what's your exit music when it's all when it's all said and done? It's like, all right, that's this is the the culmination of B dot. What's your, what's your exit music? <clears throat> um, I would go two songs on that too. One uh -huh. is gonna be "Make Them Say Uh," Master uh -huh. B. Uh -huh. That is my that, that 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 could arguably be intro or outro. Like me and my wife actually walked into our wedding reception to make them say "Uh." No, -uh. that was uh, absolutely <laughs> when that bitch bounced it Oh man! And uh, and the other one will be the uh, the Drake song. I can't think of it right now, but um, the, I know the lyrics go: "If I die, I'm a motherfucking legend. Oh my god! Oh my god! If I die, I'm a legend. Oh my god! Oh, I'm on first. I can't think of the name of it for some strange. I got reason. you. I know what joy you talking about. But, but, yeah. that's, but that's, that's it, though. Like like I like, you know, just just want to leave something on this earth when you are about to hear that that meant something you did something positive you know what yeah, i'm saying like absolutely. we've all had situations where um we was talking about this at the june team celebration yesterday too like we've all been in situations where 
we were one decision away from fucking it all up. Oh yeah. Like all of so to be in a situation where, you know, I can be a voice for our community, like people people trying to call me an activist and I say, No, I don't wanna be called an activist. I just wanna be die. Like act America kills activists. I don't wanna be an activist. Right. But I do recognize that I do have a voice and a platform and you know, as a father, as a husband, as a brother, as a son, as a black man, as a friend, like all of those have different responsibilities and you have to wear different hats in all of them. Right. And, you know, even with our profession as entertainers, you know what I'm saying? Like when these people come to our shows, we have a responsibility, you know what I'm saying? Like to be entertaining and to be funny, but also to be transparent and vulnerable and honest. You know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. I'm just, I'm just blessed to be able to, get to a point where I finally understand my talent and understand why God put me here. Cause you know, like when I was growing up, I, I grew up in the church heavy and it was prophesied that I was going to preach. And I always tell my, my wife, she always joking. I don't, I don't want to be no first lady, you know what I'm saying? That kind of stuff. But <clears throat> when I do like them videos, educating people on stuff that they didn't know. And when I'm on their radio and putting together events for Juneteenth and putting together stuff for, um, you know, us to paint a mural in Greensboro next Saturday and have people out there to educate the people. That's a form of preaching. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm like, I'm, I'm uplifting and I'm educating and I'm strengthening our people, their mentals. And um, I take great pride in it though. So no doubt. And I was told the same thing when I was younger. My mom was a preacher. Word. And I was like, Word. he going to preach. I was like, no, nah, you know what I mean? Like, I don't like church like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, like, but you are though. But, but I am, because I, you know, last I tell, night, I tell you got jokes. You yeah. to preach tonight. You're going to preach twice tonight. You preach Absolutely. last night. Like, yeah. I'm telling but you, you know, bro. we don't, we don't think of it that way. Like, we, Fact. we get something, we receive something, and then all of a sudden it's like thrown out, you know what I mean? And, yeah. Um, yeah. I tell a story one time about the lady on the phone that was trying to get me to speak in tongues over the phone. And I was like, I knew better. Like, I knew yeah. I even made a sound as if I was speaking <laughs> in tongues, and my mom was standing next to me, Ooh. she tear that house up. Jumping around, acting crazy. And she kept saying, <laughs> lady on the other end of the phone was like, just repeat after me. She was like, say Shondalala. I was like, nah, I ain't doing that. And I was like, nah. <laughs> I got my head down. I'm praying. She like, say it. I'm like, she's like, just say hallelujah. I was like, hallelujah. She's like, say hallelujah. She kept saying it. Then, so she kept saying, I was just saying hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. My mom in the kitchen. Oh, Lord. She's going. I'm like, so you trying to make this lady have a damn heart attack in this kitchen. So then she like, she trying to coach me in speaking in tongues. I was like, Bitch, you must have lost no. your mind. I ain't gonna no. never be able to go outside again. Like, <laughs> your mom would have been, oh Lord, you would have popped your head around that corner. What did yeah, you my mom would have been like, he's he touched by the Jesus and nobody, he ain't gonna get. I was like, ah, I got, no. I got girls I'm trying to chase. I'm, I'm, I'm sexually yeah, active. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's what it is. But yo, it's amazing that our, our backgrounds are a lot of similar than I ne I never knew. Like I knew right. I knew me and Burpee had very similar backgrounds with, with preaching parents and being twins and, and all that yeah. stuff. And I tell a joke on stage anytime Burpee day, I'm like, me and Burpee, man, we got we both had preachers, we both preached kids, we both got twin sisters, we do and then Burpee all just start busting out laughing or whatever. And I was like, you know, that, that whole thing or whatever. So <laughs> No, that's real, man. Burpee's my brother, man. I love that dude, man. For that real, dude, that's man. my that's my man fifty grand, man. It's like, you know, that that dude, I can call that dude at any time he's gonna pick up the phone. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's real dudes. When you know, I don't care how big they are or how big you yeah. feel like they got, they pick up the phone yeah. and they answer. And I always appreciate cats like that. And I always remember who rock with me when nobody else was. And After freaking Lulu. if this thing ever flipped the way it's supposed to flip in my mind, you're going to be one of them dudes I always remember to dot. 
Just always Absolutely. remember that, bro. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, you always remember here, bro. And you ain't never, you ain't never Hollywooded me or felt like, ah, nah. I could talk you like I could. I remember seeing you at CIAA one time, and you stopped what you was doing, like bliss. I'm like, yeah. What up, though? No, that's, that's, like, that's the homie, bro. That's the homie. Nah, I'm, 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 I'm a solid individual, bro. Like I said, like I, I can't remember. Who, I think it was Rich Homie Quan. He's like. I'd have been a lot of things, but I ain't never been a fuck nigga. And I just haven't, man. Like, I've always been 10 toes down, man. Like, Absolutely, all you got man. is your word. All you got is your balls. That's all you can stand on, bro. You got to stand 10 toes down. Absolutely, man. The same thing anytime I run in the drink. The same thing anytime yep. I run in the bean or yep. brand. Same yep. thing. And it's all yes, big love. And they always remember that time we connected. And uh, Sidney Castillo was there with us the same night. Yes, that's the homie, man. See it still doing his thing, man. He was out there. He's a writer on Wild and Out when I was up there shooting a couple episodes this last time. He was up there right now. And yeah, like you, you like you said earlier, man, we're a tight knit group. Like it's big, but it's small, bro. Like it's legit. Like they say six degrees or seven degrees of separation between comics. It's legit like one degree of separation. Like, you can find anybody. From one comment, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, so I, and I always tell people, watch what you say on stage, because people will understand real quick. They be like, "Yo, you telling somebody else a joke, bro?" Like, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, that's a whole other episode, man. But yo, yes, sir. hey, listen, appreciate the time, Doc, man. No, Thank no problem. You so much for just giving me time doing this day, and um. I'll let you know exactly when it get posted up, man. And look, don't don't think I won't call you again to bring you back on, man. So, bro, whenever, bro. If you don't, that's that bullshit. There you go. <laughs> there you go, man. Hey, man. Peace out, man. Appreciate you, dog. No doubt. Well, be good, bless. All right, you too. Yes, sir. Homie.